Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Bethlehem Inn. My name is Yaakov Hillel, named for my father, of course. Perhaps you have heard of him. A very famous rabbi, no? Ah, no matter. I'm glad you have stopped for a moment along your journey. I wish I could offer you a bed for the night, but we have no room at the inn. Which reminds me. And so, my very fortunate new friends, I will offer you what I have. A story. And not just any story. A true story. A remarkable story. And this will take some time, but in the end, I think you'll find it's worth it. My story begins, oi, so many years ago, 30 and some, I would say, on a very clear night. A young couple arrived at this very door, looking for lodging. I remember the woman, young, very pregnant, and I will never forget her eyes. Something very special about that one, I could tell. I'm not proud that I turned them away, but I had no choice. There was no room. It was a very unusual time. Caesar had ordered the census, God help us. People's coming and going, I had never been so busy. And in my defense, I did not charge them. Even so, I could not sleep thinking about the woman's eyes and the baby who, by the size of her, could come at any moment. And there was such a star that night. How could anyone sleep? So I walked out near the stable, and what did I see? A scene that is beyond description. But let me try. Uh, on your way now, this story deserves to be seen as well as heard. scene. A mother so beautiful and serene, father so proud and watchful, and the baby, eh, not so beautiful maybe, but I could not stop staring at him. And the air was especially still that night, I remember, not typical for Bethlehem that time of year, as though all of nature had paused for some reason. Even my animals, such a different manner than I had ever seen before peaceful, almost reverent. And that little baby had other visitors, Ephraim and Micah, their eyes fixed on the manger, eyes brimming with tears. Micah, a man of few words and even fewer emotions. Now these are men that I have known all my life, good men, men of good character, very good shepherds. Well, why were they here? Who was tending their flocks? And what they said to me, I will never forget. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, saying, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is here, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, which is mine. 
Huh? I remember thinking, such a small baby, such a big announcement, huh? I hope he will be ready to shoulder all of that. But there's much more. Let's move along. was twelve years later when I heard of the boy again. A man who had studied with my father came to stay. He told me of a young boy who had wandered into the temple. He was all alone, but he clearly was not lost. I've never seen such confidence in a boy of that age. Such a knowledge of the Torah. Not just knowledge, a deep understanding. He spoke with authority. There's no other word for it. Some of the other teachers were scoffing at such a young boy, pretending to know. Let me tell you, there is no pretending to understand this boy knew what he was saying, as though the scriptures were in him, a very part of his nature. I don't know how else to explain it. Oh, how I wish your father were alive to have met this boy. When his mother saw him, she rushed to his side. Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been searching everywhere for you. Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? My father's house? I came to think that Isaiah must have been speaking of this boy when he prophesied of the Messiah. Ah, it's too much for me to think of. I cannot believe that the Messiah would ever come from Nazareth. Nothing good has ever come out of Nazareth. The words of the prophet Isaiah my father spoke to me many times. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Oh, my friends, a very big announcement indeed, and he has done great things. Come, you will see. Not so many years ago, a traveler and his son shared a meal with me. He had seen a man, a remarkable speaker, this man. Many people were arriving from all over Judea to hear a man speak. Such a crowd was gathering, the man had to climb higher and higher as the people crowded in. We'd all heard stories of this man, many things that were hard to believe. He healed the lame and made blind men see. But when you heard him speak, it was as though he was speaking directly to your soul. And anything seemed possible. Even my son, he was anxious to see this man. I would have not missed that day for all the fish in the sea. Now my Burrell, he never goes anywhere without packing some bread and a few fishes. And that day, he was the only one in all that great crowd who had prepared for a day in the country that turned to evening. The people were growing anxious as they realized the hour and that they had no food. You can imagine. One of these men who followed this Jesus approached my Burrell and said their master bid them to ask if he would share his meal. And to my great surprise... Father! 
<laughs> I'm only joking, my wonderful son. You fed many people on that day. Thousands. Jesus fed them, my wonderful father. I gave only one small loaf and a few fish, but it was he who did the multiplying. Well spoken, my Burrell. And after everyone had eaten their fill, the children helped to pick up what was left over. Left over, can you imagine? Twelve baskets full. I counted. Jesus, the baby born in my manger was now a man. And quite a remarkable man, it seems. Full of love and healing. But oh, my friends, I must tell you what I have learned only recently. The story takes a very dark turn, I'm afraid. You go now. I need a moment. Forgive my emotion. You see, I had dared to hope, I dared to dream that this Jesus might be the one. The angel of the Lord declared at his birth, I know it is true. Reuben had dared to think he could be the promised one. The things he has done, no man could do apart from the power of Almighty God. But the Messiah of whom the prophets have spoken will deliver us from oppression. But this Jesus will not deliver us from the Romans. He gave himself over to them, waited for them to take him to his death. He knew of the suffering yet to come, surrendered to this agony, knowing he is innocent. Why would he do it? A man who is good, who lives according to the laws of God and man, heals and teaches, inspires all around him to do good and to love. Why would he allow himself to suffer? And how could those around him allow it to happen? If I had been there, I tell you, I would have fought with my very life to keep him from being taken. My God, why would you allow it? Father, if it is possible, please let this cup pass from me. <laughs> and so it was. Jesus gave himself over to these evil men to do their evil deeds. Why, my God, do you continue to allow this evil? I grow weary, my God, of all the questions, all the needless suffering, the pain and the sorrow, with no end in sight. Not my will, but yours be done. But I know, I know your ways are not my ways. And so this innocent man, I cannot speak of it. Go now, Simon, a man I have known for many years, will tell you. He was there. He saw it all unfold before his very eyes. Simon had been following Jesus for many days, always in the background, always watching. The trial was a mockery. I have never seen a mob of people turn on a man so quickly and with such anger. This man, Jesus, had every opportunity to defend himself and he said nothing. Even when they whipped him, tearing flesh and muscle from bone, he was silent. 
In the end, it was I who had to carry his cross when he could no longer bear it himself. I've met some good men in my time, and many evil ones as well, and I can tell you that there is nothing in this man but pure goodness and love. To hang him on a cross was the greatest injustice I could ever imagine. His mother was there, watching her son suffer, and my heart broke for her, especially when she heard her son cry out. Father! Father! Why have you forsaken me? At that moment, darkness came over the whole land, as if the sun was covered in sackcloth, as, as though God himself could no longer bear to watch. And then he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. A centurion, standing near the mother of Jesus, fell to his knees. Surely. This was a righteous man. And then he said, It is finished. And he was gone. A righteous man bled and died for what? And how could a life like that end in such a way? How could they have done this to my little Yeshua? just arrived at my inn. He had been a soldier in the Roman army, a centurion no less. Of all the stories I have heard, this is the most remarkable of all. 25 years, 16 military campaigns, my service complete, and what do I receive in gratitude? One last order, a favor I'm told for the governor, ordered to guard a corpse. Jesus, he was called, posed some kind of threat to the Jewish council who believed his followers would try to steal the body and claim he was risen. So we watched. Four men. Eight-hour shifts, day after day. Now I give you my word that none of my men, nor I, were derelict in our duty. No man would have overcome us, but what happened next was not man. I have fought many powerful men and many powerful armies, but this power was beyond anything I could imagine. The sound was like thunder, and the light was blinding as though lightning had struck the very ground we were standing on. A stone that had taken my men 20 minutes to move into place had been rolled away in an instant, and the tomb was empty. As day broke, a woman approaching saw the tomb was empty and fell to her knees crying. Then a man appeared suddenly behind her, and she spoke with him. She knew him. I knew him. I know him. Isaiah. It is him. Come, I will find it. Come, quickly.
the words of Isaiah are once again brought back to me. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was cursed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before her shearers, so he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. Yeshua, born in my manger, he is the one of whom Isaiah prophesied, the Messiah. Oh, Father, he is your son, the Holy One of Israel. I shut him out. I said there's no room for you here. Almighty God, I beg your forgiveness. Forgive me for rejecting your son, for shutting him out, for being so concerned for my family and my business, my own worries that I missed him. I believe, Father. I know he is the Messiah, my deliverer. Yeshua HaMashiach, you died for me, paid the penalty for my sin. And as you are risen from the grave, so I will now live, not as Yaakov, the innkeeper, but Yaakov, the one who has received your salvation. Praise be to God. And now that you have heard the truth about Jesus, what will you do? I pray you will go in peace. God bless you.